What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we always at least try to ask and answer the questions of life and theology correctly. Hmm. My name is Daniel Corey. I'm a pastor in the Kirkland, Washington area. And I am Josh Loftus, recently interviewed and aspiring member of said church in Kirkland, Washington. (laughs) Well, Josh, I am happy that you aspire to the office of church member. It is a noble, high calling that you seek. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's been every church I've gone to, so, so it's, it's something that just keeps happening. There you go. Yep. So, so Josh, why, why are we doing the Reformatory Podcast? The Reformatory Podcast uh, was a brainchild. I was, I was about to say love child, but then, but then I thought better of it. It's a brainchild of, um, I don't know, man. Like, I think, at least, at least for me personally, like, I really enjoy podcasts. Podcasts are a lot of fun, and I think we live especially where where we live, just kind of in the Kirkland area of Washington. Um, I think it's very needed, as you can hear from the sirens behind me, that the gospel is needed in our area. So I'm glad that you are finding other avenues to increase your felt need yes yeah my, my felt needs yeah getting your <laughs> my felt needs to be heard <laughs> i i want your felt needs to be met i appreciate that uh, no Thank i mean we've so had much. lots of conversations just about the need for kind of an entry level uh conversation or yeah. introduction to all things reform so whether that's right. someone who's coming out of a normal evangelical church and they're realizing there is a rich world of reform theology out there mm-hmm. that they've just never really been introduced to. We want to be that introductory voice. But there's another aspect of uh, the reform world that we want to speak to, Josh, and we've talked a lot about this, where uh, they've tasted of the fruits of reformedness. Mm-hmm. They have become Calvinistic in their persuasions. Right. And there can kind of be a byproduct to that. There can. Yeah. And I think we're going to touch on this more in the next episode for sure. But yeah, yeah. I think anybody who has had any amount of time in what we would call the reformed world or the reform circles, which still needs de- still needs defining, by the way, and we will do that. But sure. anybody who has grown up or been introduced or entered into that kind of world um, finds that there are certain people and everyone goes through the the uh, what do you say? The the cage stage, right? It's, 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 it's the stage in which, um, you come into this belief of, of, uh, of reform theology. It's all new. It's very interesting and cool. And it kind of makes you feel like you are on some sort of like, what do you say? You get super aggro. <laughs> yeah. That's, you get that's super fair. aggro. <laughs> you get super, you, you turn into a jerk. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's just, let's, let's just let's be, be fair. Real. Let's be just real. be fair. Like, like, like everyone knows the person who like is really into theology, really into yeah. studying theology, but they're just a jerk. Like yeah. they have no friends. They used to be friends with that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is like, I used to be that guy. Right. And we'll, we'll definitely get, I still get have more flashes of being that guy. Y- yes, you do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've been the recipient of one, one or two of those, but that's okay. It is a process. So Josh, w- 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 like you said, we're going to get more into this in yeah. future episodes, but 
uh, really what we see is the the presence of Reformed theology that is not accompanied by Reformed piety or Reformed living. Right. So those those theological, <clears throat> doctrinal, beautiful truths of Calvinism, God, how God saves people for his own glory, mm-hmm. uh, those take root in a mind, and what we really want is for them to also take root in the heart. Right. And uh, so we want to... We want to encourage a robust um, reformed experience right. where heart and mind together uh, worship God in all of His revealed truth. Right, right. Well, and that, and that's that's the whole point of reformed theology, right? You have mm-hmm. orthodoxy leads to orthopraxy, mm-hmm. right? And if you're if you have your orthodoxy down, if you have all the isms and theologies and everything you have there, all your T's are crossed and I's are dotted. Um, but like Paul says, you don't have love. You're just yeah. a noisy, annoying theological gong mm-hmm. that filters everything through how can I squeeze the five points of Calvin into this conversation, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's so uh, annoying. Or, or, or into like, every text. <laughs> or into every text, into every sermon, into yeah. into sharing. You end up not sharing the gospel. You end up sharing Calvinism. Into every right? birthday card. Yeah, <laughs> every yeah. birthday card. <laughs> Happy birthday! You're depraved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's not what reformed theology is. That's no. not what Christianity is. No, right? no and, and that's a fair point, Josh. Like we're we're it's not like we are a better form of Christianity or a different form. We don't talk from a perspective of having arrived yet. We talk from a perspective of we have, uh, by God's grace, been brought in some beautiful reformed doctrines. Right. We have a long way to go. We we believe in the reformed. Um, I don't know what do you want to call it, mantra of semper reformundum, always right. reforming, which always. means yeah. it's a process. Having never arrived in this life, <laughs> right? Uh, but we also want to be consistent. If we're going to call ourselves Calvinistic or um, people who enjoy and appreciate the teachings of John Calvin, his life motto was, "I offer my heart to you, God or Lord, promptly and sincerely." Right. And so we kind of want that to mark our podcast that it encourages people to offer their hearts to the Lord promptly and sincerely um, right in a way that glorifies God so kind well, of and and that gets into why we called it the reformatory yes as well because what does the reformatory mean right so so Google I like so I was actually surprised when I googled reformatory because okay here's the thing inside story for our listeners when I told Daniel because we were throwing around names for like trying to figure out a name for the podcast we mm-hmm. threw out a whole bunch of different stuff nothing stuck and then I thought of the reformatory uh, and I had to explain to Daniel what a reformatory was it's the correctional school right like like you know parents send their troubled kids off to the to the reformatory I right? was homeschooled so I didn't know that you were homeschooled so your entire my, your entire home was a reformatory. I call it my childhood. <laughs> you grew up in a reformatory. <laughs> but so like what a reformatory is, uh, it's an institution to which youthful offenders are sent as an alternative to prison. It's a reform school, mm-hmm. right? But then the adjective is intending or tending, sorry, tending or intended to produce reform. And yes. that is something that I think especially in 2019 when we're recording this first episode the reformed world that we live in needs reform Mm -hmm. because we are in a day and age right now where uh reformed theology and calvinistic theology whatever you want to call it is really kind of seen as a badge of honor yeah (laughs) that it's something that like 
I get my reformed wings and then and then I've arrived and now I have the right to tell everybody what to do and I can go online and critique everyone's theology through my fingers and a and a keyboard Mm. and that's not what reformed theology is that's not what it should lead to and that's not what what uh, that's not what the intent of it is Um, and we're (laughs) we're already getting into into next episode's material but Daniel the people listening right now they don't know anything about us. No, they don't. Why should they be listening to us? Or that's that's actually not the good question because there's actually actually no reason. <laughs> yeah. I was I was actually had no idea how to answer. Yeah, that I didn't. I actually I don't have an answer to that. You probably shouldn't be, but if you yeah. still are, if you haven't uh, shut the computer off or the iPhone off in a rage yet, yeah. Uh, Daniel, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so I was as I've already alluded to, I was uh, I was homeschooled and. Um, I continue to try to work through the baggage that comes with that. Now, I was born and raised in a, uh, so a God-fearing, <laughs> God-fearing home. Uh, so much denim. So much. <laughs> so much. So, so much tucked-in shirts. <laughs> this is not going to get us in trouble at all. Um, no, so I was born and raised in a Christian home. Uh, both my parents love the Lord. My dad has, uh, for as long as I've been alive, he's served as a faithful elder um, in the local church. I was raised in Sunday school, really enjoyed church. I was I was kind of one of those weird kids that actually really enjoyed, probably because I didn't get a lot of social interaction. Mm. And so church was um, awesome, and I loved it. And I was the nerdy homeschool kid that you wanted on your Bible trivia team. Yes. Because I yeah, just really enjoyed it. Uh, but came to faith young. It was raised in what you would probably call just a normal American evangelical church where the gospel was preached, people loved the Lord. Um, I, I sat under some faithful pastors who uh, taught me about the gospel and about God. And then as I grew in my kind of understanding, went off to, to college to be um, start the trek towards being a pastor, I, I still remember there, the first day, or certainly if it wasn't the first day, it was the first week of attending Bible college. I remember a guy came up to me and asked me just in the course of conversation. He's like, are you a Calvinist or an Arminian? <laughs> because, because I want to, I want to segregate you in well, the only two possibilities that the, I, I can conceive two. of. So I remember I didn't yeah. know what he, I didn't know what he was talking about. So I naturally made a joke out of it and just told him, I was like, well, I'm an American. And, um, <laughs> He didn't appreciate that, but he uh, he he then described for me what they were because I said, you know, what is Calvinist? What is an Armenian? And he described what Armenianism was, and I was like, okay, well, like, what's the other option? He started describing Calvinism, and I thought, yeah, that's yeah, whichever whichever one emphasizes the sovereignty of God. That's about as mature as my thought was on it. And he goes, oh, you're one of them. You're a Calvinist. And so from that day onward, I have been, <laughs> I've been pursuing what is a Calvinist. And so I found the other one at school, and, uh, and we hung out a lot, and we caged together. The other one? <laughs> you could tell, because he, like, he was like in the corner, foaming at the mouth yeah. over a Wayne Grudem. You can spot like him. Like a Wayne Grudem yeah. cystheo. You, you, could, you, you can spot him. <laughs> we were friends. And, uh, and so then even through Bible college and into seminary, um, grew in my understanding of Reformed Doctrine and Theology, um, found the creeds, the confessions, or maybe a better way to say it in Reformed ways, they found me. Hmm. Uh, that, yes. And so I, I've grown in my love for Reformed Theology. I 
um, continue to want to to grow and strive for it. But I, I wish that there would have been some voices along the way to help introduce me to some of the more um, I don't know what I what I want to call it. The the level headed reform yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, ones who like, didn't hate everyone, yeah, the, but, the uh, ones that aren't angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, just I, I wish I would have heard in Bible college that reform theology encourages piety, humility, and service. Right, um, that it really does come down to worshiping God. That it is not a sense of arrivedness, mm-hmm. but uh, a, con- a, a commitment to always growing in these things. So I, I lack that. I wish I had that, and um, and that's where I'm still at. So I'm still in the process of semper reformundum. I am still reforming. How about you, Josh? Good. Well, I have arrived, um, and <laughs> that's by, why I wanted you on the podcast. I arrived. I mean, uh, arrived at the starting line. Uh, yeah. No. I, I I grew up. I grew up in a Christian home, um, and uh, was raised in in just in that environment for sure uh wasn't raised reformed until probably around 12 or 13 i think and uh my dad like put on an rc sproul videotape like like do you remember the old rc sproul yes tapes like so start with the with the with the chalkboard yes with the chalkboard and the grovelly voice and his stupid jokes and and it's an actual VHS tape. Yes. And I yes. loved it. I still do. It was the greatest thing in the world. And I remember just R.C. Sproul just kind of going through you know, the holiness of God and the five solas and Calvinism. And I just really like through like R.C. Sproul and then a little uh, John MacArthur sprinkled there as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Kind of gr- gr- <laughs> John MacArthur is Continue. good stuff. Come oh, I, on, I agree. Like, I, I, I just lost all the confessional people. They heard that and they're like, "Oh no, nope. can't do it, can't do it." You just got kicked to the curb. I did. Uh, yeah, I just did. He's Calvinistic. He's not reformed. Okay, yes. we can agree. We can on agree. That. That, that'll be an episode. That'll, that'll be a whole episode. Yeah, yeah, there is a difference. But anyway, uh, yeah, just grew up in that. Really grew in a love of theology. I uh, just kind of ate it up. I just really loved it, uh, which is a good thing. But yeah, I was also I also missed the. Uh, missed the train that uh, theology should be leading toward humility mm-hmm. um, and actually a loving lifestyle and not one of arrogance and superiority. Uh, and throughout the majority of high school and college, for sure, um, definitely lorded that over people because uh, I thought and knew my theology was better than theirs. And if they didn't subscribe to Calvinism, that means that they were on a different intellectual plane and uh, didn't care about theology as much as I did. And I was a horrible person. Like, I think back to my high school and college (laughs) days just with shame and regret. And, yeah, it was just horrible. Um, But, yeah, and then uh, got into ministry, uh, uh, biblical counseling. That's just kind of what I know. I've done some youth ministry, college ministry, children's ministry. I've I've done just kind of a bunch of random stuff. and then just recently got into podcasting. So it's, it's a lot of fun. That's just kind of this short, unfiltered. Went through a lot of bad church experiences and some good ones. And then one I'm in right now that is yet to be determined. <laughs> no no, no that's, pressure, that's Pastor. That's not ominous at all. <laughs> that's all right. This, this podcast is already making it better. So, yeah, yeah that's me. I'm a So if you, if you could kind of summarize your desire for this podcast in one robust theologically precise oh gosh sentence that's oof. 
Okay. I'll just settle for mediocre, actually. What, Thank what, you. What do you want yeah. to accomplish Can we podcast? strive for mediocrity yeah. <laughs> in this podcast? I want a but, t-shirt that just says striving for mediocrity. Yeah, we're we're going to aim high, but be okay with less. <laughs> aim, aim high yeah. and expect to hit the floor beneath the target. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, let's see. One sense. I want this podcast to be informative, encouraging, and an uplifting experience where people, whether you're reformed or not, uh, listen and hear our love and our seriousness for the things of God and our desire to make him preeminent, but also at the exact same time showing that Calvinists don't have to be jerks. And we can be loving, we can have fun, we're going to poke fun at each other all the time because that's just what we do. I want this podcast to show that you can both love theology and not take yourself too seriously. Wait, hold on. Do you say that you don't take yourself too seriously? I try not to. Like, I... I, uh, but isn't that I part do. of what it means to be reformed? Like you, you have to have that face that always looks like you are upset and so like, and angry and like, and and med- meditating <laughs> on how sinful you are. Yeah, like MacArthur speaking on joy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, I like that. We, <laughs> we must be we must. joyful. Joyful. <laughs> um. Do you think that the reform world has a problem with taking itself too seriously? Uh, oh, yeah. Any, well, here's the thing. Anytime you are engaging in anything that feeds your pride, mm. yes, that's going, to, oh, that's, ouch. That, that's going to happen. You're going to take yourself too seriously. You're going to become too sensitive. You're going to feel like you shouldn't be, made, you shouldn't be making fun of yourself or being poked at. Like, like that's, that's what we need in reformdom mm-hmm. right now is we need to not take ourselves too seriously while at the same time taking the things of God very seriously. I think, and I think that actually is a perfect, like, street level uh, definition of reformed theology, increasing in how seriously we take God, mm-hmm. and decreasing in how seriously we take ourselves. Does that mean like we don't take our duty seriously? No, that's not no. what we're saying. Does that mean that no. we uh, are negligent in what we are called to be? A screen? No, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is not having um, giant egos, giant toes that are easily stepped on or being easy to offend we want to be hard to offend i do have giant toes though and i'm wearing flip-flops right now which is making me uncomfortable that you just said i didn't expect to come here first day and be called out like that i'm I'm, I'm not gonna lie on your toes yeah you just said i had big toes they're actually not that big but uh (laughs) i hope this gets edited out no i want um, this in this this stays this stays we're looking at our producer right now this stays stays. got the thumbs up yeah (laughs) i I would say that that one of my so if i were to give a similar definition to my desire for this podcast it would be um to be that entry-level voice into all things reformed so whether you're coming out of a Mm. evangelical church and you want to know more about um theology more about church history I want to be that entry-level voice. If you want like a very thorough, theologically dense um, expose on... Like a systematic theology. There are other awesome podcasts that do that. Yeah. And and I would recommend them. Yeah, that's um, what we, we want to kind of be the entry level. So if you are new to the reform world, we want to be that podcast that can help serve you. We also want to be interesting enough and um, humorous enough that the... Folks who are reforming are entertained and and edified along the way. So one of the things that we want to do is to introduce to you or remind you of some of the riches of uh, the reformed world. I remember the first time I heard of 
the Westminster or of the Second London or the Heidelberg. I I had no idea. So growing up in a thoroughly churched environment, I had never heard of any of these things before. Had, right. had you? No, 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 no. I, I grew up I grew up very Calvinistic, sure. um, but not necessarily reformed. Yeah. So Calvinistic, but not necessarily con. Not, I wasn't confessional. confessional. So no, no, no. My parents had us as kids memorize the. Uh, Westminster. So, the so I, so I, so I actually grew up a little bit with it. Um, but, but I did not understand the importance of being confessional and that's probably yeah. nothing to do with my parents. That's probably just me refusing to sure. listen. So, yeah. Well, Josh, one of the first confessions or, um, catechisms that I was introduced to was a Heidelberg. I think in future episode, we'll kind of do a more specific look at the kind of history of the Heidelberg and what's all involved. But, I can remember where I was sitting in first John exposition uh, class in seminary. Wow. I remember when the professor quoted from memory uh, for us Heidelberg Lord's Day 1, which I think is one of the most um, pastoral of all catechismal questions. And I just wanted to read this to emphasize the the way in which theology ought to impact our life, that what we believe ought to change the way that we live. So Heidelberg Lord's Day 1 says, what is your only comfort in life and death? The answer is that I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and to set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my Heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. One of the things that I loved about this Lord's Day was, as the professor was talking about it, he he was a visiting professor, actually, from a, a different seminary. He said that he... I taught it to his daughter so that when she was afraid at night, he would come in and ask her, uh, what is your only hope in life and in death or only comfort? And so it's one thing I've taught um, to my daughters. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old and, and seven-year-olds got it more than the three-year-old, but the three-year-old's getting there. Yeah. And uh, what I love is, is just it's ground level. How does what we believe impact the way we live? Mm. And, and the answer is, it's clear from the from the answer it it's a comfort it's it's an anchor in the middle of the storms of life that no matter what happens not a hair can fall from my head without my heavenly father say so so while while we can carry on and on about god's sovereignty god's providence and and those can be awesome theological categories if they don't work their way down into the very fibers of anxiety right uh, which, which I know from some of our conversations, like that's a real thing. Oh yeah. 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 Anxiety. Like just, just because you have perfect theology doesn't mean anxiety goes away No, because we're all fallen. But yeah, yeah, that is, it's a real thing, but there is real hope and comfort found. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's found in, in again, focusing on the accomplishments of Christ right. on our behalf. Like what I love how it, it just unpacks what he does. What has Christ done? I belong to him. Right. He's my savior. Yeah. He is faithful. He's paid for all my sins yeah. with his blood. He set me free from the devil's power. 
that he's preserving me even now. Like it rehearses that theology that is so rich and deep, but it does so in a way that goes, no matter what I'm struggling with in this life, whether it's sin and I need to focus on, he has set me free from that power, or guilt and I need to know his blood has paid, or trials, I need to know he watches over me, or whatever it is, my theology should be impacting the way that I live and the way that I worship. Right. And so just want to give a quick little uh, taste of the Heidelberg. We'll be coming back to Heidelberg at, in future episodes and, and yep. looking at those in fuller detail. But um, I would recommend anyone who's starting out on um, Reformed Confessions or Catechisms, Heidelberg Lord's Day 1. You can get it online. Just Google Heidelberg Lord's Day 1 yeah. and memorize it. We need that framed. It. We should get it framed, actually. We should get it printed out real, like on like some nice paper yeah. and frame it somewhere in the church. I love, yeah. That would I, be a great I, idea. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, we have it written on our, we have a chalkboard that hangs above our uh, dinner table. Yeah. And uh, we have it written there because sometimes during dinner we um, work on memorizing it with our seven-year-old. There you go. There you go. So what you do you got like, for me, You get it tattooed Josh? on your back. Like the Star Wars scrolled, you know yes. how it like goes up, like it's yes. so long. <laughs> that that would look great in like fifty years. You wouldn't be able to read a thing. <laughs> it would just be what is your only, and then and then it would just droop, and there'd be nothing. <laughs> that just got really weird. It okay, did. all right. Well, we're <laughs> we're gonna wrap up here really soon. But Daniel, you mentioned earlier that you were homeschooled. Yeah. All right. And as and again, I was homeschooled too, so we're allowed to talk about it. Yeah, but you right? had you weren't you're not a pure blood. I'm not a pure blood. No, no. no. So I the, did what, sports so what, through the school, and I did, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and running start. Ah, uh, I did so, that. Oh, mm-hmm, oh, I was mm-hmm. private schooled. Oh, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was private schooled for a little bit in early childhood. So I'm sorry. I'm not a pure blood homeschooler. <laughs> um, but. Because we both were homeschooled. In the homeschool world, not all of it, but kids can sometimes tend to be sheltered. Right? S- side note with all these sirens, it sounds like we're, our church is super urban. Yeah, it does. It sounds like we should be like going out and like, like <laughs> rap battle, yes, <laughs> rap battle on the, on the sidewalk. Urban. Yeah, In Kirkland, Washington. In Kirkland, Washington. Yeah. There is no less urban place than Kirkland, Washington. So you were talking about except how... Except where I grew up. Yes. You were talking about how sheltered I am. Right. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. You are a very sheltered person. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. And it's not It's not that you like despise the things of the world. No. It's just you weren't given the opportunity to like hear like good music okay. or watch good movies. So mm-hmm. we're going to do a or little segment movies. that I'd like to call Corey on Culture. Uh-huh. And what this is, is it's basically going to be me throwing at you. Either a song or some sort of social reference or a movie. I don't know. It's going to be different all the time. Mm-hmm. I basically just want your unfiltered, like, hot take on it. So, Josh, before we get into this, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, how, in your experience, how sheltered am I? Um, you are so sheltered. I feel like this is like a your mama joke. <laughs> Dan, your past is so sheltered. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are quite sheltered, and maybe like a solid without, eight. Uh, yeah, one to ten, eight and a half, nine, and okay. and without going into detail, like like you will say things mm, thinking yeah. that they mean something else. That's a fact. When in actuality, they mean something bad, and I yeah. have to tell you. You usually have to correct me. On I that. have to. I have to say, hey, um, don't say that. You thing. can't say that. Yeah, don't say that. 
ever again. <laughs> Fellow homeschoolers, you need people like Josh in your life to help you. <laughs> so anyway, no, I'm going to play Knowing you, you need help is the first step. <laughs> so I was really struggling, I have to say this, this week, trying to figure out like what I was going to show you. Okay. And I just thought, I'm going to start with something classic. This is a song. It's one of my favorite songs. It's a great right. song. Should normal people know this? Yes. Normal people... Yeah, I'm never going to give you anything that's so obscure. Okay, is the thing. And right, you right? want when I hear this, you want me to tell you like I just want, whether I know it or dude, what I yes, think. Yes, I want to know first and foremost. Do you know it? Okay. And then I also want to know like like what are you feeling? What are you thinking right now? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, this is a very well known song. It's a fantastic song. It was released in 1978 on an album called Stranger in Town by the band. Do you want me to even know, or do you want uh, you to know, see if I know? I, I, I'm going to save the artist. I'm just going to play you the song. Okay. And then I want you to tell me what you think. All right? Will do. Here we go. The smirk is amazing right now. <laughs> this is oppressive. What? Dude, this is, a, this is a great, fantastic song. Give me something. I've heard this in a movie. I think. Is it is it Tom is it Tom Cruise? <laughs> Tom Cruise running around in his underwear. <laughs> Wait, what? You said you've seen it in a movie. That's the only movie no, I can I think of. I've heard it in a movie. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's fair. I've it. Yeah, unless it's been in a movie, there's no way I've been exposed to this. Okay, so the song is "Old Time Rock and Roll." Okay. By Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. This is one of the greatest songs ever. It's so Tom, good. Tom uh, Seeger, isn't he the guy from um, Full House, or was that? <laughs> no. That's... Who was that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, here's the thing, people. He's not putting this on. <laughs> He's actually, he actually, you actually, you that actually think that. His Saget. No, that's, that's, no, you're thinking of the Sackets. <laughs> that's an old Western. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. I've never heard of Bob Seeger. Never heard of Bob Seger. No. You've never heard this song. I'm sure I've heard it in a movie. Like it sounds familiar. Wow. All right. Well, it, I'm it is. It reminds me of like movies set in the late '70s. Like wow. they would be driving around in cars, and this would be playing. Well, it did come out in '78. But so. I don't. I don't know why people would voluntarily <sighs> listen to it. Okay. Well, we're we're stopping right there. You don't know why people would voluntarily listen to it. No. All right, Daniel. Um, that was, it, it, it was disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed in you, but I don't know why I expected anything different. You should. I, I feel like I, my, my culturedness, uh, has been stinted after listening to that. Stinted? No, no, no. Stunted. Stunted? Okay. Like it did a You and I have a different definition is, of that. Is that the but picture of him on your, on here's your phone? the thing by the, yeah. Does he have a beard? Yes, he has a beard. Okay. The beard, he gets points for the... <laughs> Okay. okay, he, he looks I, like, you know what he looks if like? I lived on he the looks like a, he for looks a like year, he's about that's what to, I would look like. <laughs> he looks like he's about to start the greatest web development company in the late 70s. Yes, that's... <laughs> he looks like he's just, like, like bought, like, half of Microsoft stock. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. So, Josh, uh, if, okay. if folks want to uh, get plugged in with the Reformatory, how would they do that? Yes, get plugged in with the Reformatory. We are on Facebook, uh, the Reformatory Podcast. Just type that in. Um, we are on Twitter at the Reformatory Pod. 
We are on Instagram at the Reformatory Pod as well. Uh, hop on there, like all our stuff. Uh, we'll be posting updates, video content, a whole bunch of stuff, uh, and then uh, our podcast links will be up there as well. So yeah, go on the social media, follow us, give us a like, follow, comment, share this episode. Uh, we both interact pretty well on social, so uh, give us a ring, we'll answer. Well, thank you all for joining us at the Reformatory today, and uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Out. Bye.